Today in the podcast, I have a very inspirational gentleman. His name is Tobias Kay. He comes from Sussex in the UK, and he is the creator and founder and think tank surrounding an instrument called a sounding bowl. Welcome to the podcast. Great to have you here. Well, thank you, Sylvia. It's great that you asked me to join you. It's a, it's a pleasure and an honor. Well, I've been looking at your website and for our listeners, if you go to soundingbowls.com after this, after you've listened to the podcast here, you'll see a really interesting video just on the front page of the site, which you will see the, the beautiful sounding bowl and what it looks like with strings going across it. And you'll also hear the story of how the idea came to you. Now you have a background in wood turning. I know that isn't your entire story, the wood turning thing, but from your wood turning experience, you transitioned over to creating sounding bowls. But how did this idea of sounding bowls come and what is a sounding bowl anyway? So um, yeah, there were no sounding bowls at that point. What happened was that uh, the working as a sculptor within wood turning, I was supplying art galleries. Um, most of my sculptures were bowl shaped. But what they were really about is the relationship between the outside curve and the inside curve, the thickness and the wood and the flow of the curvature itself. So when you get a curve to really flow, it becomes, for me, like a poem or like a song. Yeah? I was looking at how to get curves that were more and more visually harmonious. And as a result of working towards visually harmonious curves, I began to discover an acoustic within the curve that is audibly harmonious. So when you, when I spoke into the, the curve, it changes the quality of the voice, you see? Now, just as we're speaking here, I'm looking at Tobias on video and he's actually showing me a sounding ball, which is like this round, big wooden ball. And there is pins to one side, a little bit like, I suppose, guitar pins in a sense that hold the strings in place. And there's these strings suspended from one side to the other. And how many strings generally are in a sounding bowl? Well, it varies anything between three and 23, really. Yeah. But typically, there are seven, 10, 12. This is a 12 string one. Yeah. Would, you, you, would you play it? Would you play it so I, we can hear it? I, I would, but if, if we're still on the on the wood turning sculpture business, where did they come from? Yeah, yes. I, even if I damp the strings, you see, you can hear how the, the quality of the curvature changes the quality of the voice. So if yes. I speak to the microphone like this, or if I speak through the bowl, you get a different quality of sound. Yes. And I noticed that quality of sound coming out of the sculptures I was making, and I thought, my customers are buying something there that they look of and they don't know that they've got a wonderful sound here. What can I do to bring out this wonderful sound? And one evening I was sitting on the side of my bed meditating and this image of a bowl with strings stretched across the inside appeared in front of me. And I went, go away, I'm meditating. And it came back and I thought, actually, you know what? That's a good idea. <laughs> so I thought that's worth breaking the meditation for. So, um, uh, I, I, as soon as I had a chance in my schedule, I, I made one. And how, and going on, the, sorry, just to cut in here, the meditation yeah. thing, do you meditate every day? I, I do. Right, I do. and for what length of time would you meditate every day? Well, in those days, I, I, I was doing sort of 10 or 20 minutes uh, uh, morning and evening. And what benefit, what benefit do you find meditation gives you? Wow, it completely transforms your life. Really? Yes, it completely transforms your life. And in because, what way? Well, it forms a connection between your everyday self and your higher self. 
And your higher self is what really holds your destiny and your intentions for this lifetime. And so what happens is you become more connected with your true purpose, your deep purpose. And that brings happiness. It brings relaxation. It brings uh, calm of heart. Yeah. And, and I would it say it brings inspiration. And it, yeah, and it makes your life unfold. You meet the people you're supposed to meet, you ask the questions you need to be asked, and it, it brings up ideas and, and abilities. You know, the other day I was, uh, I went to a, a music event and this woman said, oh, I wouldn't know how to dance to this music. I thought, hmm, maybe I, I, I'll give it a go. So I stood up and I just started moving the body a little bit. And, you know, the dance began to flow through me. And I was just, I, I actually had a wonderful time dancing to that for, I don't know, an hour or so, you know. And at the end, I sat down and this woman said to me, a different woman now, <laughs> said to me, I've been watching you dance the whole time. She said, where did you learn to dance like that? And I thought, uh, I don't know how to answer that. And the day or two later, it came to me, actually, it comes from meditation. Because yes. one of the meditations I do is about exploring the, the body from the inside. So I spend time in my feet, time in my ankles and toes, time in my so knees. So really, what, what you might say is it's a process of grounding yourself as well. Yes, a good meditation grounds you as well. Mm. If you just drift off into the clouds, that can make you calmer, but it doesn't It doesn't bring your true life into, into existence. Yeah, because you're on this physical plane on this planet, like you have to be grounded, because I've seen that's so many people can, in cloud 10, that's you know, right. yeah. That is what, yes. yes now, exactly. okay, getting back to this sounding bowl. So we just mentioned there about sounding bowl, the sound the curvature makes, the strings yeah. and how they're pinned from one side to the other. Now, the thing that I noticed about the sounding balls is they're very tactile, because when you look at your website, you look at the pictures of the sounding balls, you see firstly this smooth inner curvature, and then the back side of it actually is rough, you know, beautifully done now. It's beautifully done. When I say it's rough, rough that's a wonderful way of putting it, Sylvia. No, but it's, yeah, but it's, it's beautifully it's done. Textured, text. thank you, textured. So <laughs> that's a better word. <laughs> I used to say rough as well, but then I realised it's not. It's not. It's good not mark. really suited to purpose, <laughs> is it? It doesn't so, yeah. really. The back has been hand carved. Yes, every, even better every explained. Little, yeah. Every little dimple in the back has been put in with a very sharp chisel. And you get a pattern, a radiating pattern, like the seeds in a sunflower that shines from the center of the bowl outwards. And the point of the pattern is that when you run your fingers over it, you get a different feeling from that than you do from the smooth edge. And the contrast between the textured and the smooth bit entertains the soul in the same way as the contrast between two notes does. It adds a new dimension of harmony. So the idea was to bring the beauty of the sounding bowls in through the touch as well as through the ears and through the eyes. And what we also found is that in hospitals and in clinics and so on, people who are really suffering, people who are, are finding life a, a complete puzzle, whether it's advanced dementia or whether they've got um, uh, too much, um, what's that called the kid, when kids can't um, get themselves together? Like so dys dyslexia, autism? Those autism, kinds of, yes, autism. Right. Children with extreme autism also, they're often out of themselves, you know. Yes, they're, they're yes. And, and so on. And when they found that touch, it just drew them in. It calmed them down. Before they would play the, the bowl, they would stroke it. And so I thought, well, this is really working. So we, we, we um, expanded what was the first was a bit of experiment with carving them. So they're, they're, nearly all of them are carved now. Okay, so, yes, so I, you're got, saying you're saying we. So I presume you have a team of people working on all of this. 
I have. I, I took on apprentices. Yes. Okay. Very and good. I, I, having developed the bowls, having made a couple of hundred, I started training apprentices. So we've now got five makers worldwide. Wow. Okay. So all over the world, from China over across Europe. Well, I don't have anyone in China or the Far East at all yet. I have somebody in Austria and somebody in Maine and two or three in the UK and Ireland. Oh, fantastic. In my home country, Ireland. Lovely. Beautiful. But they are beautiful pieces. They are. I mean, for anyone listening to this podcast, hop over to the website to have a look because they are the most beautiful looking pieces. Beautiful. I'm just wondering about holding the tune of those. So if somebody bought a sounding bowl from you, how do they manage the tuning side of it? Do you provide something with the sounding bowl that helps the tuning? Yes. I give them a little auto tuner that um, has a needle on it and lights and, and guides you to getting the note right. And otherwise, it's just a matter of, um, of turning the, the peg until the needle on the auto tuner says it's right. Oh, well, that's easy. That's easy. Now, yes. before we started recording this interview, we were talking about sound waves and how that that that's a whole thing to itself. It's a whole discussion to itself. And there's a lot of people talk about sound waves in relation to triggering aspects of the body that may need healing or may need, you know, upgrading, if you will, to help yes. the body heal. So have you looked into the connection of sound waves and the human body with the sounding bowl in mind? Indeed, indeed I have. Um, uh, you know, sound is the new healing modality. There are plenty of people who, who forecast during the 20th century that sound would become a healing modality and would become more, more important than chemicals. At the moment, we're still in, involved in the chemicals, but sound is developing more and more, and they're using sound to treat cancer in various ways. They use sound, of course, as a diagnostic, but there are many ways in which sound is used to, used to heal. Now, you can push that into two directions. You can try and refine it so you've got more and more of an intellectual understanding of what frequency does what. And there are plenty of people out there who use frequencies, subtle and complex, to, um, to hone different parts of the body. And some of them use um, oral frequencies, so you can hear them. And some of them use electrical frequencies, so it's still based on this sound-like thing, but they're very subtle, incredibly subtle electric currents that run through the body but you know to me refining the use of sound is a little bit like taking a herb and saying oh look this herb helps with let's say it's willow bark for pain control yeah so what we must do is we must refine the active ingredient out of that and, and call it um, um what is it the aspirin yeah but when you do that you create a drug which is more powerful but less balanced and so it can create problems as well as, as help. Yeah? Whereas if you take the whole willow bark or the whole camomile, uh, chamomile flower or the whole um, marigold or whatever you take, 
it has a balanced healing effect. So if you take sound as an aspect of beauty and use the beauty and the sound together to heal, then you're using something which has a more natural approach. It's more likely to help a person to develop as well as to heal their illness. Very interesting. Now, you also mentioned that sacred geometry and the Fibonacci sequence is extremely central to this whole sounding bowl experience. Can you talk more about all that? Well, you know, uh, when we, we were talking about how the sound developed out of the visual sculpture, the quality of acoustic developed out of that. I began to ask after a bit, after I'd made, started making a few sounding bowls, what is it actually in this curve that's creating this magic? So I, I you know, I, I do things through my eyes and, and meditation and, and touch and so on. So rather than sticking rulers on it or whatever, you know, to, uh, I, I just I looked at that curve and, and asked my memory banks where I had seen a curve like that before. And it brought up an experience for me of when our school was taken round a university. Somebody had showed us a just a uh, non-mechanical trumpet made of, of uh, cardboard, which was um, patterned in sections on the Fibonacci series. And if you spoke into that trumpet, the sound that came out was really full and rich. Or if you put the trumpet to your ear, you could hear somebody on the other side of the hall whispering. Yeah. So the Fibonacci curve has the property of amplifying sound. And I thought, well, maybe that's what it is. So I drew some Fibonacci curves out and they didn't seem to match perfectly. So I then asked myself again, OK, so how could I stretch this Fibonacci curve till it works with the basic pattern of the bowls that I'm making? And I discovered how to unroll and to roll up a, a Fibonacci spiral without losing the maths in it. And when I did that, they began to fit the bowls. Some of the bowls are, are deep uh, and fairly narrow. Others are wide and shallow. And in between that, you get different types of this Fibonacci curve. But inside the sounding bowl, though it's round to look at from the front, if you cut a section through, the inside curve is a Fibonacci spiral in every one of them. That's amazing. So I presume the deeper the bowl is, the deeper the resonance of sound? Um, the deeper, what's this word deeper, you know, it's well, kind of a stronger <laughs> resonance, maybe I, I don't know how to articulate yeah. it, but kind yeah. of a, a more resonant, um, deeper sound is all I can really word it as. See, that's a, uh, I'll just move the mic. That's a um, that's a deep bowl, yeah. That one. Um, it's beautiful looking. Wide, only got seven strings on it, but the quality of sound changes from being bright and open like this to being uh, softer but richer, more intimate, you might say. Yes, richer is good. Good. Beautiful sound, beautiful sound. I can really see why somebody 
just gets inspired by just the sound. It's, it's, it's extraordinary how often people actually cry when they hear these, you know, there's something. It's just awakening, we, awakening something inside of it, them that's dormant. It releases something inside of us, something we've been holding back, you know. We all something know. Something that's oppressed. Yeah. We all know heaven on some level in ourselves. We all know heaven and we know that the earth is not heaven. And we wish that it was and look for how we can make the earth more like heaven. And when we meet something that speaks of heaven, it just releases that desire in us. It's a very be beautiful back. thing. It's a very beautiful thing. And I mean, life is this habit of, of, you know, taking over your thinking and taking you down that left brain logical route. And then you do something completely out of the box, such as your sounding bowl. Uh, the look is so unique, the, the sound is unique, suddenly it's kind of going, oh, it's awakening you in a different way, in a sense. Very Indeed. interesting, very interesting. What has been the biggest realisation as you've created the sounding balls? Wow, they've come thick and fast. My life has changed so much since I started making these. You know, when I was selling sculpture, I was selling to galleries, and it's really nice that somebody famous buys one of your pieces, you know. And, but at the end of the day, they're all sitting on windowsills or, or on, um, you know, in collections or mantelpieces or whatever. Whereas with the sounding bowls, they go into hospitals and clinics worldwide. And it just, I, I feel so different about making something to go into a hospital than I do about making it to go into a private collection. You know, that's one thing. And then the feedback I get from the people who buy them, you know, I get professional sound healers saying, I thought I bought this for my clients, but it's changing my life. And I get people who say, oh, I'm just not musical. What is that? Yeah. And then they write to me a week or two later and say, to have music in my life is such a gift. And to be uh, every day I sit down and play with your bowl for 20 minutes or whatever, and I feel completely different about my life or my hearing has improved by this much. You know, I used to have a telly on three quarters. I now have it on one quarter. These sort of bits of feedback I get, you know, or even my psoriasis disappeared within three days when I got your sounding bowl. You know, extraordinary things happen in people's lives. And I go, I'm involved in something that's bigger than me here. And I'm grateful for that. That's fantastic. And I mean, what you're illustrating to me there is the world of music and the power that it has in whatever way it comes. You might play a, a concert stage instrument such as violin, viola, cello, piano, whatever. But it has such a... Anyone that I've met that plays music, I'll put it this way, anyone that really loves the world of music and is into music, they're a very different person in the sense that they're, I've found them to be calm. They have a broader frame of reference and they, it's like a form of therapy in their life, particularly when challenges can hit sometimes. Oh, I think you're right. You know, you know it's, 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 it's incredible. Music is it's, the It reaches stuff. deep. Yeah, but it, it reaches so deep within the being. Totally. And it gets you it gets you out of your head space into your heart space. It's it's Absolutely. just amazing. And I mean, there are scientists that have proved that Institute of Heart Math. Greg Braden has mentioned it in his work yes. about this whole connection from the brain to the heart space. And music is a, is one key way that if you struggle with that whole process, 
it's it's one key way to make that happen that very vital connection very vital connection it really is now this podcast is called music secrets exposed i'm wondering what secrets have you discovered <laughs> you know i think probably the most wonderful secret i've discovered is that anybody can make music so many people think oh i'm just not musical or uh, yeah i like music but i can't play it you know or they look at a bowl and they go oh it's got 12 strings <laughs> i was never going to know my way about that you know and i say it's not that hard it really isn't all you have to do to play music it takes a few days in a way but all you have to do to play music is to listen so you just listen to the strings and you ask yourself as you're listening for this moment now which one of these notes do i like best so which note shall i choose to play with today Let's say I choose this one, yeah? Then you've got one note here, just one note. Just listen to one note for a moment. Don't try and get complex about it, yeah? And then you pluck the string in different places and you get different types of sound. You pluck it at the very edge with your nail, you get this sound. If you pluck it in the middle with your nail, you get that sound. If you pluck it with the ball of your finger, you get this sound. You know, uh, all sorts of different ways of playing it. Halfway along you get, and so on. So then just find out how much variety you can get from one note. And when you're really happy with that note, choose one other to go with it. And it doesn't matter which one you choose. Let's say we choose this one for the sake of argument, yeah? Then we play with this string and this one. How much feeling can you get into two notes? You know, if you go, how much different does that feel to going? Yeah, so you get a bit of a bounce going one way or you get a feeling the other way. Yeah, now if those two notes really fell in love yeah, and danced together all through the night, if those two notes had a baby, what would their baby sound like? Would it sound like this? Or would it sound like this? Let's say the top one, yeah? So you now have two notes and they're playing with their baby. And maybe one of the notes goes off to work for a bit and leaves the other two together. And after a little while, they have another baby. the older baby gets big and, and goes to school and brings a friend home to play and so on yeah so each time you find another note you find a different relationship of that note to the family the father goes out to see football with a mate how does the mum feel about that do they have an argument about that? Or are they really in harmony? She says, yeah, you're going to have fun. And when you come home, I'll go out and play with a friend. 
while, while you look after the kids. So just by bringing each note in, you listen, what's the quality of this note? How does it fit into the pattern of notes I've got? And you take it slow, you don't try and play some symphony or some famous tune or even the baby's lullaby. You just play with a note as a feeling quality and you build up the relationships between the notes. They don't have so, to be. A so what you're saying is you're learning through play. And you said it earlier on that, you know, Exactly. Most musicians have to go through a whole process to learn an instrument, typically speaking, yes. and the music theory study and all. And there's, you know, fair yes. enough. But yes. this is really, if you want a quick result, yes. this is one way. This Just is one play. way. Just, Just play. play. And, and on that on that note as well, I mean, there's schools, like there's a school in Costa Rica that I think there's a documentary on Netflix that right. shows a school where children come into the school and they just learn through play. Now, there, there's a touch of structure there, you know, of what they're doing and what they have to learn. But what was very impactful in this documentary I saw on Netflix concerning this whole notion of learning through play is how far advanced these children were yes. in comparison to their equivalent age in yeah. public schools that I would be seeing. Yes, play is so important. So it opens, up, it opens up the mind to just so many new things. Yes, you know, we call it playing music, but we've forgotten how to play. We think we have to perform music, even for ourselves. You know, there's this whole thing about you have to learn music so you can perform it without fault. It's rubbish. Let music be play, and then play becomes education, like in your school. Play becomes learning, and then music enters into us, and we change, and then the music develops, and the whole thing is a self-feeding, virtuous circle. Yes, and the lovely thing about it is the community connections it creates. You yes. know, the social yeah, connections, much. because no yes. man is an island. No man yes. is an island. Now, you have a great interest in trees, obviously, because ah, you've been wood-turning, and... Yeah. I'd love you to speak about your knowledge concerning trees and the characteristics of some of the well-known trees. Like in here in the British Isles, we have trees like the weeping willow. We have the famous oak tree. We have ash and sycamore and all these trees. Can you just speak about the importance of forests, trees? You know, my, 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 my love of trees goes back to before I was wood turning. In fact, when I started turning wood, I said to myself, I have to be careful here that I don't start to look at trees as standing timber. You know, like uh, the economist looks at cows in a field as beef on, on the hoof. You know, it's it's a terrible way to look at the world. It, it destroys is. our lives as well as the lives of the cows or the trees. Yeah? Trees are like the notes we were just playing. Trees are they are feelings alive in our space. And if we relate to them as feelings instead of looking at them as physical bodies, you know, something you can hit your head against or something that's growing wood or something that's in the way. If you look at them as feelings, you get a whole different relationship with them starting. So you spoke about your weeping willow, yeah? You look at your weeping willow, how the tresses fall and fall and fall. It's like somebody just bowing their head and saying, oh, it's, it's all beautiful too tree. much. This is all too much for me. I just give up. I just give up. I give up. Yeah. And the beauty of somebody really giving up and not fighting anymore is the beauty of the weeping willow. Yeah. And it's also the sadness that we feel underneath them. You know, if you've got a really big weeping willow in your garden, you've got to do something to cheer yourself up. 
because it's very lovely. And it, it's, 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 not, very, it's so true, actually. It's yeah. so true. You need the roses no, beside it. You do, don't you? Or daffodils yeah, or something. Yeah. Yes. Daffodils just shout their joy into the world. Which, yeah. you know, whereas you go to an oak tree, and the oak tree, you know, with its branches are zigzag, jiggy-jaggy, yeah? And the bark is all rough. Yes, and, all very rough. And these heavy acorns fall clonk clonk on the ground you know and when you cut the timber of the oak tree if you try and bend it like you would an ash or a hazel it just breaks yeah you know? yeah and if you try if you if you leave your oak out in the field it won't rot you know oak refuses oak refuses yes, it's hard as iron it's hard as iron yep it refuses to bend in the wind it refuses to allow its its fruit to be carried on the wind or eaten by the birds like other other trees do you know everything about the oak says no what is your favorite tree what breed of tree what oh geez my favorite tree is the one i'm playing with at the moment the one i'm under at the moment you know whatever that is you know i love ashes their enthusiasm i love cherries you know in in the spring when the cherry bursts cherries they're renowned renowned. isn't it wonderful yeah. Oh, it's like just this, this, this opening up of a new world starting to yes. come. It isn't is. It? It's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. like the she themselves are calling to us from the dark of the woods before the before the leaves come out, before the wood turns back into a forest. You know yes. that denuded hillside, yeah. uh, here and there, wild cherry blossom. They're like the voices of the she calling us. Hey, wake up! Spring is here. Totally true. Now, when it comes to the fall or autumn. Um, and the leaves start to fall from the trees. How does that make you feel? Oh, well, you know, I mean, there's always autumn is a whole different thing. I'm so embedded in the spring right now. You, you asked me about. Oh, I know. Spring is like my favorite time of year, <laughs> utterly my favorite time of year. But I, I feel when autumn comes, it's like, oh, do I want it to be here? Yes. I, you know, yeah. transitioning yeah. into winter, the bear. Tree there you are. You see, this is this is what autumn says to me. It says, "Are you willing to allow what is, or do you want to fight life?" Yeah, because if I'm saying, yeah. "Oh, I wish it wasn't autumn. I hate the rain. I hate the wind." But if I say, <laughs> "That's oh, me. That's me." Yeah. But if if I say, "Oh, look how how the leaves fall. Look how they reveal." the structure of the twigs in the tree, you know, look how the leaves blow around on the ground, you know, then you can feel even loss has its beauty. Beauty. You know. Very true. Uh, Very true. uh, And we have to look for beauty in everything. You know, one of my kids died very soon after birth and it's, it breaks you up. And if you are, if, if you are, if you allow yourself to get lost in the pain and the sorrow, life takes a dive. But, you know, oh, completely out, it does. Completely. Yeah. I've seen Walk, it. Yeah. Walking out with the other children um, through the morning. The pain becomes like a um, seared open and the beauty of the, the brook and the beauty of the bird song and the beauty of the the, the sunrise, because this was November, you know, all become more alive because the pain has broken me open. And I think that's in a way what autumn does to us. It says, are you willing to let go of what you want and actually seek harmony with what is? That's profound. That's profound. Yeah, that is so true. Very beautifully said. And... When you look at a forest, 
and you look at trees, there's a whole ecosystem there. And then somebody comes along and they decide mm, that tree is in the wrong place. Let's get rid of it. I often see it and I, I'm looking in my locality at the moment where I'm seeing a lot of hedgerows being hedge cut brutally, mm -hmm. to be honest, brutally, brutally now. Yes. Um, I'm seeing trees being knocked, yes. being harshly pruned. Yes. And I think of the ecosystem that surrounds that said tree or that said hedgerow mm -hmm. and the, the invisible damage that's happening to the yes. natural environment in that place. And then we ask the question, well, what, you know, why is the countryside suffering? How do you, what's, what's, what's your approach to that discussion? The question we have to ask is not how can we stop people doing this, but why is it that we human beings are doing this to our worlds? And again, it's because we want something that isn't there and we haven't learned to bring our desires into harmony with what is there. So if we drop out of our normal thinking, which is a way of planning how to get what we want, and if we drop our, our feeling into our heart and learn gratitude and appreciation, then we enter into a harmony with life. And making music can be a big part of this. Oh, completely. Yeah. And when you enter into a harmony with life, you realize I don't want to destroy the hedge. It might be quicker to use a tractor slasher on it, but I would rather go in there with you know, a hedge cutter or a chainsaw or something like that and cut each piece individually rather than just roaring over it with a terrible slashing machine, which just breaks up the branches. Yeah? Once you bring your heart into harmony with life, you can no longer destroy the world in the way that we have learnt to do it for our brackets advantage. Yeah. yeah, so what you're saying is the people who are very much in their headspace and haven't taken that journey to the heart space, mm. in whatever way that happens, everybody's different, it happens differently. Mm. It's It's got to be that journey has to happen for that type we of change to take to place. Yeah. We all have yeah. to make that journey. And fighting what's wrong will not achieve nearly as much as developing what's right. Yes. And it's not such a clear path developing what's right we have to hunt around and feel for things it's so easy to say that's wrong i'm going to fight that and that only creates more fight in the world really what we have to do is come to the center of our heart and listen with all our attuned ears that music can help you attune. So we're looking for harmony in the world. It might be musical harmony, it might be social harmony, it might be intellectual harmony. We're looking for harmony in the world. And if we find harmony and add to the harmony, then the world becomes a better place. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And I was just thinking today, um, on a different topic surrounding this whole world of music is how that we have an opportunity now with what's going on in the world for musical artists and people like yourself to unite and create a message in society beyond the mainstream media to speak about human connection, love, yes. compassion, empathy. Yes. That what's going on with Russia and Ukraine, as I'm recording this interview, it's the 7th of March and there's an ongoing war there now at the present time, yes. which is very difficult to watch. 
but artists in the past have created social movement for positive change. Absolutely. And I'm receiving messages as of last week. I got messages in from some artists trying to put, not trying, but putting music out there. Yes. Speaking about this whole notion of peace, human connection, love, empathy, compassion, all of that. Yes. And the more people that do that. Yes. We have then the power to change. That's right. That's right. To and it's about standing in unity, standing in unity yes. To, yes. to create that peace, yes. love and compassion. But even, you know, unity doesn't mean we have to all think the same. No, no, we it's accepting to... difference, accepting That's right. difference That's right. and diplomacy. So, yeah. You know, I'm part of a group which, which works with the Lord's Prayer for Ukraine at the moment, you know, um, every day. And it's, there's one way of working. You know, friends of mine are part of a, 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 a group that uh, is involved in, in bringing refugees over. Yeah. And there are times when I just sit there and I tune in on the, the, the stress between the Russian worldview and the Western worldview, which has created this war, because it's not just Russia that's invading Ukraine. NATO um, bullied Russia until it really had very little choice but to invade Ukraine before the NATO started manufacturing weapons and sighting bombs there, you know? So it's this tension between the East and the West that we need to work on. So if you, if you tune into the tension, and then resolve that tension in yourself, makes a positive contribution to the world. So, you know, the, the most important thing is to uh, develop our own ability to be a positive part of the world we live in. Yes. And we can do that principally in our own communities, but we can also do that at a distance by tuning into things we'd like to see go better and sending a prayer, whether it's a musical prayer or a Christian prayer or a Muslim prayer, so long as you are praying for love and peace in the world, that makes a difference. Huge difference, huge difference. I th and I think some people don't realise the, you know, the combined effort of people across the world in their own individual expressions, whatever that expression is, yes. with the one intention of what you've just spoken about, the power that, yes. the, you know, that that can have. Yes. Now, before we complete the interview, where can people find you online? Yes, uh, soundingbowls.com brings up my work. There's page after page after page there. There's a page for each of the six types of the bowls. There's loads of articles which cover everything from meditating with sound to um, other types of meditation, philosophical discussions, deep spiritual experiences. It's all there alongside the uh, different types of trees or feedback from music therapists, uh, what hospitals they're used in. It's all there on the website, as well as, of course, TobiasSandyMills.com. You can email me from there or even call me from there. Uh, I get orders flowing in from around the world. At the moment, we're not keeping up with orders. The, the, okay. Last year, I had a big stock. Now I've only got half a dozen pieces in stock and they're just, we're sending them off all the time around the world. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. You're having a huge impact and it all came through a meditation. Just think Isn't about it. Magic? It's, it's utterly magic. Utterly. Yeah.
it's just showing me that when you're so in tune, the inspirations that, you know, can come into your life and just transform it. And, you know, there's, there's this discussion I'm often speaking to some people about, you know, you go through life and you learn lessons. Now, lessons, a bit of a harsh explanation for this, but that as you go through life, if you're willing to learn those lessons mm. and not let anger and frustration and those emotions take over your mentality, yeah. that if you're willing just to understand, well, what, what have I to learn here? What, what's going on? Like, what have I to learn? Yes. Your life can completely transform. It really, an amazing, really an amazing does. story, an amazing story. Well, listen, it's been a wonderful chat with you today and great to have you on and um, keep in touch with any new developments. And you also wrote a book about trees. We've got to mention that, I think. Oh, I, it's a booklet. Uh, yes. Oh, booklet. Um, okay. Yes, I, I've done, done a, an audio version of it. If you look on my website for Brotherhood with Trees, I've put it out as a CD that you can listen to. There are 10 steps there which lead from the simple, objective, scientific understanding of trees through step by step to a deeper and deeper understanding of trees until you actually get into the elemental world within which a tree's consciousness is alive and you can get into conversation with trees through these steps. Very interesting. So that'll be a fascinating read or listen whichever form you choose. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on today and thanks very much for coming on. It's wonderful, Sylvia. Thank you very much for choosing me. I've been, it's been lovely having this conversation with you. Power to your work. 